And here we go. There's a man open left side. Caught. It's Touchdown at 10 with Russell and Medhurst. Welcome inside Touchdown at 10 on a Friday morning. Eric Bieniemy sticking around for a second day here in Washington. It appears as if negotiations have reached a very important point. Talking staffing, talking contract here with Ron Rivera today. And I've asked you in the first hour, we've had some excellent calls, both in support of why it would be a great hire and why it wouldn't be a good hire. Richard from Georgia, listening on the Odyssey app, finished off the last hour trying to convince us that it would not be a good hire. And it, especially if you have that opinion, I would I would love for you to make your case. Step up this morning, make your case at 301-230-0980. Tell us why. Tell us why it wouldn't be a good hire. Now, I do buy this part of the argument that a couple of people have raised in the first hour. Continuity, okay? You would definitely you definitely want some form of continuity. And the question would be, to maintain that continuity, would it mean eventually having to promote him to head coach so he doesn't go take that job somewhere else? And would you be able to do that, obviously with Ron in place as the you know, team, uh, you know, leader of football operations and the head coach. Now, ultimately, would a new owner come in and, you know, blow everybody out immediately? That is still possibly on the table. But that that sale still hasn't gone down yet. And until until those, till that ink dries, you know, I think we've got to continue business as usual. I give Ron a lot of credit under the circumstances for looking at the wide pool of candidates that he did, especially in a situation where he's not really got a ton of leverage. He can offer them a job. He can offer them a check, but he can't offer them stability. It's impossible for him to offer them stability with ownership still hanging over the organization's head. That would be that would be something that would be of a major concern to me if I was one of the candidates that had, you know, interviewed for this position. Doesn't matter. You can't offer me stability. And and that is obviously a huge concern. And that's where the one thing where folks that say he should stay in Kansas City, that's the one area where I do believe their point has merit. Because Ron can't offer stability, no matter what, no matter how good that steak tasted last night no matter how good the vegetables were on the plate no matter how good the beverages tasted that's the one thing ron can't guarantee eric Bieniemy or any other candidate at this point convince me why he wouldn't be a good hire let's go to line three our man jeff in vienna is there what's up jeff hey pete what's going on how are you Good. Yeah, hopping on the plane to go to the greatest college town in America this afternoon for little daddy daughter weekend. So I'm oh pretty boy. stoked. Enjoy. Yeah. Ho- hopefully your flight. Hopefully your flight is on time. Yeah, but it's getting a little windy outside, and I think uh, it's going to be a little bit chillier than what you'd expect down south. But that doesn't matter. College baseball on Sunday. I can't wait. Um, that's going to be great. Um, 
good. It just quickly good to see the Xfinity Center rocking again last night. You know, took till the second half to get the traffic cleared and finally got some favorable help from the officials a little bit last night. And boy, that team is going to be a menace next year. There's no doubt about that. Um, on, I got two thoughts on the enemy. Who has been the quarterbacks coach during Mahomes' tenure? Does anybody ever talk about that? And did did a quarterbacks coach get hired away or promoted somewhere else while Bieniemy didn't? Uh, not that I know of, um, and yeah. I think that would I think that would also, you know, make news if that were the case. So um, I don't. I mean, I I none of those other guys. Like I said, Peterson, Nagy, in you know, in that order. Um, but other than that, you know, uh, be just following in the same line uh, of those guys. In fact, um, Matt Nagy went back there this past season, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. which is why they're yeah, saying I... that if the were to leave, Nagy would just kind of move over into that role. So, yeah, I've, I've never heard the quarterback coach of that team mentioned one time, which I've always thought was kind of strange, but it is what it is. And then, I mean, on on what he'd be expecting from compensation, he can't make more than Ron. But how much does Del Rio make? That's a good question. By the way, um, if I'm not mistaken, uh, I think Kafka, the guy um, that was with the Giants okay. uh, and, and with Dable helping Jones this year, I think Kafka was a quarterback's coach there. Okay, okay. So – I just I was thinking about this when you asked the question. I'm like, well, I mean, I'm, I don't care if the guy yells at people or not. I mean, my high school basketball coach was still one of the worst people I've ever known in my life, but I learned a couple of things from him. Did he and, win? Uh, well, we were kind of, you know, the Lily White suburban team. We did we played about as well as we could, you know. Um, we we weren't going into inner city Cincinnati and winning any basketball games. That's for sure. But you know, <laughs> and, and by the way, we, we, by the way, I, I just looked it up. Kafka was indeed. Uh, he started there as an offensive quality control guy in seventeen. Was the quarterbacks coach and passing game coordinator from okay. eighteen through twenty one till he went to be with Dable this year with New York. Okay. And then, again, I don't know how much Del Rio makes, but it seems to me that if you offer enemy something outsized compared to what Del Rio makes, you may have a situation there. But I can't think of any reason not to hire the guy. Not at this point. I mean, like I said, the, the, uh, Jack Del Rio, uh, roughly $3.5 million from uh, what uh, oh, okay. oh, a couple okay. of different so websites that, that, have. Yeah. So, I mean, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Ultimately, the players have to execute the concepts, okay? It, but you can't, you can't tell me that conceptually the creativity of what Kansas City does, if, if Biennemi can bring even remotely some of that and teach it, he's got to be able to teach it and get them to execute it. But if you can get them to do that with the skill sets that are here, you have to like you know, the possibility of what that could look like. Now, ultimately, the players still have to go out and execute it, and Howell has to be able to grasp it, execute it, and realize, look, and and this is what everybody will have to realize, Sam Howell is not Patrick Mahomes. He is not going to be Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. But that doesn't mean he can't execute the offense and find some success. 
So Well, yeah, even if Reed is the play caller, you call the same play within two minutes of each other on the opposite side of the field in the Super Bowl like they did, somebody drew those plays up, you know. It, there, there's a scheme there that somebody thought up that is just the stroke of masterwork. So, um, you know, good. I say good luck. If he comes here, you know, you guys can, uh, can live out a, a new world, hopefully. So have a great weekend, Pete. Thanks, Jeff. Appreciate it. Steely Brothers brings up a great point on Twitter. In the playoffs, when Mahomes hurt the ankle and the drive by Henny, that drive went 97 yards, okay, with Chad Henny. So that kind of gets back to my point of conceptually, if, if Hal can you know negotiate what he's supposed to do there, and do it right? I mean, Chad Henney in a playoff game goes 97 yards down the field. So, you know, again, yes, Patrick Mahomes is awesome, and that's what makes it consistent and what makes it great. But the offense was able to work with a veteran, aging veteran, who, by the way, has since retired now uh, at the end of the season. So it, it was able to work and be competitive when Chad Henney, in those brief moments, had to play. Stay here in D.C. with Keith. What's up, Keith? Hey, good morning, Pete. I just want to throw something out in the universe. Um, I'm glad to see that uh, Eric Enemy is here um, and that uh, he spent the night uh, here. But I just want to throw out that Ron Rivera is the general manager and coach, correct? Correct. Okay, so what happens? What, what, what Wouldn't it be wonderful if Ron Rivera went out to dinner with him last night and said, hey, Eric, stick around because I want to talk to Dan, and what I'm considering is bumping up and going upstairs to the GM position and ultimately not only giving him the head coaching position but giving him autonomy over the offense coordinator position as well. Thank you. Keith, appreciate the call. I mean, look, I mean, that's, a, that's you know, part of what we say, we've said with Ron in terms of finding some long-term stability for himself here. Ron's problem in terms of that is the sale. If Dan was not selling the team, to me that would be an easy conversation to have. But beyond right now, you know, Ron really can't can't offer that answer because the moment this sale goes through, a new owner could come in, you know, with the Ginsu knives out and slice up everybody. Not impossible that that happens. Now, if indeed this group is given at least a year to show that, again, Ron can, at least on paper, point to we've enhanced the talent level on this team. This year we won one more game than last year. (laughs) I mean, technically that is true. Okay? They did win one more game. Did it? Did it look better? Did the team look better this year than it has the last, the first two years under Ron? I would say yes, there was better football. An addition of Dotson on offense makes it better football. The defense after week two got better. So did did it did it get did the did the guys in terms of talent get better? Yes. Did the team get better? 
ultimately the coaching staff and players are responsible for that. Ron's biggest move last year backfired on him. It, it backfired on him from that standpoint. Otherwise, a lot of the other things he's done as the you know, president of football on that side, on the football side, you know, has, has actually been a positive. But in-game coaching's got to be better. In-game coaching has to be better. You've got be to you be able to close games out. You've got to be able to close things out in the red zone, on the one-yard line. You know, can't have interceptions. I mean, a couple of plays go differently for them this season, and it's a different season. We're talking about it in a different way. Hell, Scott Turner might still be here. That's not the case because of in-game coaching decisions. And, you know, Ron clearly gives autonomy during the game. He's talking to guys. I mean, he talks to the people on the headset. But clearly he believes in his coaches and lets them work. But they've got to be better in-game. And and Ron, if Ron has to even be more involved and, you know, verbally – kick somebody's rear end, hey, go do it. Go do it. But either he agreed with everybody that Scott Turner had to go and Scott was part of the issue with what he was calling and in-game, that's where Scott Turner's got to get better as a play caller. You know, it's something he he hasn't done a ton of. It's not like he's a, 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 a Pat Shermer with that kind of, you know, pedigree and resume in terms of time. You know, it was kind of trial and error for Scott Turner as well but the one thing that was constant was um you know chaos offensive line that you know didn't perform up to snuff this year i think those guys would tell you they could play better and then obviously the most important position in all of the sport let's go to the junkyard dog online too what's up dog good morning hey how you doing my man sport well it's all like this I have nothing. I certainly, I certainly stand by what I said yesterday about about the guy from Kansas City, and I you know, and I certainly went along with you about what he what he brings to the table. Mm-hmm. But the big the big caveat in this whole thing is is Ron Rivera. It, it, I mean, you, you. I think. I think you. I think you played. I think you played. Um, you and Rooster played uh, some. Some. Uh, some. Some things that. Um, that. That. That Peyton said, who the coach for, for the now for the Broncos said on Radio Row about. Um, you know how he was. Uh, you know how he. You know what. You know things about maybe he was going perhaps be approached by. By, by, by the Washington football team to coming in coaching. I think, and I certainly think, if, let's say if this sale had gone to Bezos and it, and and the and, and the NFL wouldn't would, would stop pussyfooting along, along with this thing or whatever, you're going to sell the team or you're not or whatever, then Bezos certainly Ron wouldn't even be here. We would Ron wouldn't even be here. And even if the guy that now that owns the Devils and owns the Seventy Sixers, Ron's just not, look, Ron, Ron. Ron is just not going to be tied to this team. No, nobody, nobody in the front office is going to be tied to this team once the owners get they get their footing in this team because they can't afford to. They want to get rid of anything that has anything to do with Dan Snyder. 
because that's the only, because if they expect to build a new stadium, if they if they expect to get any kind of help or whatever, then they can't have the stench of Snyder, the smell of him around. That's just the way it is. And people who call in here all the time, so-called fans who always nitpicking about this and this and that and this and that. You know one thing? They just they, they just they just like Congress is. They always they, people are always nitpicking about something, but they ain't got no answers for nothing. <laughs> call it like if you if you call the, if you call a state like it is, then you ain't got to worry about nitpicking around and 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 and, and, and if you you don't have to worry about saying, well what, what would you do? The answer is what is going to happen. It is it is it is it is. It is, it is going to happen as well as tomorrow is going to be Saturday. He is out of here. And it really doesn't matter who he brings in as, 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 as the coordinator. If you want to flip-flop and bring in Roman, you bring in Roman. If you want to flip-flop and bring in Benemi, that's fine. The point is it doesn't matter. He's going to be gone out of here. Anything short of him having a parade down Pennsylvania Avenue winning the Super Bowl, he's out of here. Dog, appreciate so the call. Perceptive points. And the, the Rivera point is, I think, a valid one. I don't think there's any doubt about that. And, I mean, heck, if this sale ever goes through, Ron might not be here a month and a half from now if a, if a, if an, a new owner is that volatile in terms of changing things. I do believe, though, the longer this goes, that Ron's going to be the coach, at least for the 2023 season. And those guys are going to work their butt off to show new ownership that that they they should stay and that that structure should stay in place. And as Dog said, it it might be as much as, you know, winning a Super Bowl, getting to the playoffs, as certainly... I think would at minimum have to happen if that group is going to stay and that structure is going to stay in place. I mean, seven and nine, seven and ten, not going to cut it. You know, next year in a first year under new ownership, if they keep everybody in place, I, I just, I truly believe that. I mean, I just, I, I believe that. You know, uh, you know, Josh Harris with his short term so far. With the Sixers and Devils, those programs are going in the right direction. Now, Philly had kind of started that process a little bit maybe uh, before he got there, you know, and and obviously now winning 38-19 here so far, I think, in the first half of the season in the NBA. And the Devils just a couple of years ago sucked. Now look at that club, young, fast, playing better hockey playing an exciting brand of hockey. And at some point you're hoping that those moves that has, you know, the the great thing is Josh Harris from a sales standpoint has ownership pedigree. Even though it's somewhat short-termed, it's still positive ownership pedigree. And ultimately the question is going to be right now, I think, does, does Bezos come in and trump them all? If you believe some of the other reports, Coming up with $6 billion is a lot harder than you think. And people are finding that right now. Getting to those magic dollars that gets Washington away from Dan is becoming an issue for some of these groups.
It's why the, the price for Denver was as low as it was and why thinking Washington might go for double that based on the initial reports, some of us may have jumped the gun on, and I'm one of them. I thought I thought this thing maybe could go as high as eight, $8 million. Uh, because if you get people in a bidding war, it's just like when you're selling a house, you, the more people you have interested, the better. Because if you got six or seven offers, somebody's likely going over your asking price. If you got one or two offers, you're pretty much stuck taking, you know, what you're getting at that point. Because more often than not, when people are selling a home, they're desperate to sell the home. Now, you can be like me and rent that home. But unfortunately, Dan can't rent the football team. That's not how it works in the NFL. 301-230-0980. Eric B. Enemy, for those of you just joining, sticking around for another day, talking staffing, contract, according to Albert Breer, Tell me why it wouldn't be a good hire for Washington. 301-230-0980. More of your calls as Touchdown at 10 continues on the Team 980, streaming live for free on the Odyssey app. Halfway home on a Friday morning and a second day for Eric Bieniemy here in Ashburn. According to Albert Breer, allegedly discussing staffing, contract, and as long as that offer is not insulting. We looked up Del Rio's numbers, the other coordinator, around $3.5 million. And for those of you that on Twitter argue like, oh, why would he Why would he want to make a lateral move? It's not a lateral move in terms of responsibility. So it's anything but a lateral move. Now, is, is there a guarantee that, Kansas City would offer him another contract because that's also part of his contract is up there in Kansas City. And he's the one that gets the feedback when people call him to talk about Biennemi as a potential head coach in all those interviews. And he probably selling Biennemi on, on the feedback that he's getting. And, of course, you saw, you know, a player, and everybody wants to make a a big deal out of what LaShawn McCoy said. LaShawn McCoy was a player at the end of his career who's looking to hang on and probably did not appreciate Eric Bieniemy maybe being frank with him, like, hey, man, I can't play you. <laughs> I mean, I think that's part of it. I, 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 that's probably what part of the conversation was. And maybe Eric came across a little more harshly than – LaShawn would have liked, but that's the truth. That's the truth. Probably said, hey, I, I got nothing for you here. I can't put you in a game. I can't trust to put you in a game right now. And maybe said that a little more abrasive than Shady McCoy would have liked. And as a result, we get the things said publicly that Shady said about Enemy. But if Enemy was that much of a distraction if he was that much of a bad guy there's no doubt Andy Reid probably would have moved on from him at some point I mean Andy Reid let Kafka get out the door and Kafka of course this year went on from being quarterbacks coach and 
passing game coordinator there in Kansas City to the offensive coordinator with the Giants. And what did we marvel at this year? The improvement that the Giants showed. Now, was that because Brian Dable is just like Andy Reid? Brian Dable is a longtime offensive guy, done tremendous work with quarterbacks both collegiately and professionally. So, so does Kafka kind of did Kafka kind of say see the writing on the wall? Well, I gotta, I gotta get out of Kansas City. I can't stay here and achieve my goals. I'm blocked by the enemy right now in terms of title, and I'm certainly blocked by, you know, Andy Reid calling plays. But Kafka moved on, and the Giants certainly picked up in terms of their performance. So there's yet another. Andy Reid assistant who's going on to do good work. And I'll 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 draw the comparison. Fair or fair or not. The Belichick disciples moving on into head coaching positions have been brutal. The Andy Reid guys as they move on say what you want about Nagy. He got the Bears to the playoffs. Doug Peterson won a Super Bowl. Went to Jacksonville, got them to rally in the second half of the season. Make the playoffs. So those guys, certainly Kafka's first year with the Giants as the OC, that certainly seemed to go very well. Now, ask yourself this. Did the Giants look anything like Kansas City? Of course not. They don't have the talent. But they still had success. The quarterback got better. The quarterback was a disaster, according to many. The quarterback got better. The quarterback, whose fifth-year option was not picked up, got better and now might ride himself into a much better deal and still get the bag of cash even without that fifth-year option being picked up. And quite frankly, the new contract, that dollar figure is likely to be bigger than what the fifth-year deal was because of an Andy Reid assistant coming to New York and helping develop that quarterback individually in the case of Mike Kafka working with Daniel Jones. So you're hoping that Biennemi could leave the Kansas City fold and have the exact same success. We have documented guys leaving that fold and and doing good things. Let's go to Jonesy on line three. What's up, Jonesy? Hey, listen up. Um, how you feeling this morning? Happy Friday to you, Pete. Same Pistol to you, sir. Pete, my man. Yeah, one, uh, one half of the dynamic duo playing by himself. But it's all good. I love it. Um, on the enemy, I can't think of a reason not to bring him here. I think the guy has some definitely um, some stuff that he's probably w- w- waiting to show us, assuming that he's the guy, hopefully by 401. Uh, PM today, uh, but I, I kind of disagree with something that you know Junk God Junk God Dog said, and, and that's my boy. I like Junk God Dog. He brings some interesting stuff to the table. But I think Ron will pr- pretty much be here at least if the ownership do take over, because it's, it's too much turnaround time with the draft, and you know, in, in you know rearview mirror. 
on things, and um, it, it's just you, you just don't have enough time to pretty much go search for whatever coach or whatever, and, and and get everything in place for that. You all kind of want to be set up by the time the draft hits, and you want to hit the ground running no later, you know, with your little with the off season program. Um, but I think Ron will get the same type of deal with uh, that North Turner got when Snyder first bought the team. You know, Turner, he, North Turner had to make the playoffs and win a playoff game when, when Snyder. Because I remember Snyder mentioning that on TV with Ben, Benny Serrato. <laughs> and North did it in 99. I mean, you know, he went, he got, made his playoffs. Got a playoff game under his belt. He lost against Tampa. And, hey, man, the rest was history, you know, until he got fired. But I think Ron will have that much longer of a leash. I don't think he'll be gotten rid of out of the building as soon as, you know, new ownership take over. I don't see foresee that. But who knows? I might be wrong, but it remains to be seen. Other than that, have a good day, Pete, and I will continue listening to you. Appreciate you, Jonesy. Uh, look, I mean, in terms of – that you you bring up a, a look. That there is no question that that is a, a valid point. Um, with ownership, what they see fit to do, you know, with uh, with Ron Rivera as the head coach. And remember, remember with Ron Rivera, there's so much more than just the coach. Ron Rivera is the structure. Ron Ron is the one that is. Also running alongside Martin Mayhew, Marty Herney, to make all of those decisions for the football team. So it's it's more than just it's more than just the football coach that you're firing at that point. The ironic thing about Norv Turner, after a ten and six season, he was seven and six in two thousand when he was jettisoned out the door. And, you know, he would go on to have an opportunity. Raiders for a couple of years didn't go well. Chargers had a couple of really good seasons, had an 11-5 and and a 13-3 and there. And in 99, Ron had made the playoffs, obviously, and was 7-6 and in 2000. Now, Yes, Dan went out and got a couple of big-name talents and expected, you know, expected, like, massive results. But that's that's not necessarily a guarantee in a situation like that when you go get aging players. And you could point all the way back to Jettison Norv, who, as I said, would go on to have a couple of nice years in San Diego, made the playoffs, you know, three times there with the Chargers. That jettison Turner when he did may have been one of the first of many mistakes by Dan Snyder as an owner of the team. I mean, Norv, Norv was, look, Norv was football. Norv was football man's football. You know, probably wasn't a guy that wanted to hang out at the Potomac Estate as as much as maybe Dan would like. I don't know. But there was at least there was at least structure in place that, you know, 
And, and, but maybe it's, maybe it's kind of like Ron. I mean, Ron Norv had gone nine and seven, eight seven and one, six and ten, ten and six, and was seven and six at the time of the firing. And of course, you know, down the stretch, I, they obviously faded away over the last couple of games. So you could argue that that was, you know, that was maybe one of the first mistakes that Dan made as an owner here and was a harbinger of things to come as well. Because at least the year before, you'd gone to the playoffs, and, you know, you felt like uh, at that point, with the talent that was here, and, of course, as we know, you know, you you get rid of uh, a quarterback that would eventually then go on to somewhere else, and guess what he would do? Oh, he won a Super Bowl, but he wasn't good enough for the owner here. Wasn't high profile enough. Wasn't flashy enough. So, you know, I mean, again, we, we can go back and argue about history, but that that that's that's part of it's it's ironic that it's ironic that the s- same question surrounding the coach is kind of in place here as this ownership regime is, you know, on its way out the door. And whether Ron Rivera, we keep talking about whether Ron makes it to the season, whether he makes it through the season, if they don't necessarily, you know, get off to a good start, you know, could new ownership, uh, you know, make a move then? And heck, if you if you did have Eric Bieniemy on staff, you could certainly go that route and give him his first opportunity to coach as an interim. Del Rio clearly has head coaching experience and could easily do the job uh, as an interim if a new owner wanted to go that route. But that's part of the chaos and the questions that exist, unfortunately, right now with the organization. And the fact that Bieniemy is willing to go into this negotiation stay here for a second day, and clearly push, you know, for this opportunity. He's pushing for the opportunity. That's why you stay here. That's why you have the second-day discussion, because you're pushing for the opportunity. It's quite apparent that Eric Bieniemy wants the opportunity here. It's like when my man Ruffin McNeil got the job at ECU, and he said at the press conference, they didn't have to ask, Ruffin want the job. Coach Ruff wants the job. They didn't have to ask me twice. I want the job. And it's clear that Eric Bieniemy wants the job here in Washington. That's why he stuck around for a second day. And autonomy on who he hires as his staff and clearly how much money they're going to pay him, those are the deciding factors likely here on day number two. More of your calls at 301-230-0980. Convince me. Some of you on Twitter have talked about the lateral move in this situation. Convince me that this is not the right move. Do you want Greg Roman? Do you want Pat Shermer? Ken Zampezi? Tell me why this isn't the right move. Right now, I'm going to tell you what's trending. All right, Aaron Jones going to go back to the Packers. Looks like $11 million for the salary. In the upcoming season, so he will stay there for another season with Green Bay. Meanwhile, basketball, Maryland, gigantic win last night over number three, Purdue, whose struggles continue here of late. Maryland's defense stifling in the second half. Terps a 32-6 run. They eventually win 68-54 last night against Purdue. NBA, Wizards in the win column. They were horrible for two and a half quarters. 
They rally, though, for a 114-106 win, complete the season sweep of Minnesota. They head into the All-Star break at 28-30 on the campaign. That's a look at what's trending, brought to you by our friends at the Maryland Vehicle Prevention Council. Maryland drivers, did you know that a vehicle is stolen every 49 minutes in the state of Maryland? The key to preventing theft is in your hands. Lock your car, take your key, use anti-theft devices and more. To learn more about vehicle theft prevention, go to mdautotheft.org. That's a look at what's happening on the Team 980, streaming live for free on the Odyssey app. It certainly appears to be more than a feeling that Eric Bieniemy closing in on a potential OC spot here in Washington. Back for a second day to negotiate with Ron Rivera and talk staffing, talk salary, according to uh, Albert Breer's initial report uh, this morning. And uh, again, Ron Rivera has talked to a lot of guys in this search. A, that's a good thing. To me, talk to as many people as you possibly can. I'm all for that, okay? Because when you talk to people, you you gain information and insight maybe even into your team that you didn't see, even if it's one thing. I mean, these, these guys, this is their life, okay? There's not much going on in their team that they can't figure out themselves. But sometimes you do get something like, you know, when you ask them, hey, what would you do with our team? And when they talk about their philosophy and the things that they would do, maybe there's something that you didn't have within your offensive scheme that they would have, and you'd say, yeah, I, I like that concept. I like that idea. That's why you talk to so many people. That's why you get so much input in situations like that. Because you might find something out about your team. And it, it could be something that you discuss conceptually that, aid you not only offensively but defensively as well. Maybe there's something they bring up along the way, and you talk to them, like, you ask them, like, hey, when you guys were struggling on offense in Kansas City, what was the defense doing uh, that did that? So maybe it's something that you can, you know, figure out, you know, that, that helps you on that side of the football as well. Maybe it's something culturally that they're doing that you talk about, and you're like, yeah, I like that. You know, maybe that's something that we need to, we need to talk about here. So that's why you talk to so many uh, so many people like Ron has. And you've talked to a bunch of people. You've talked to young, you know, young coordinators in all of this. You've talked to veteran coordinators in all of this. There's been a, a wide variety of people that you've had conversations with. And to me, from that standpoint, that's that's why I would I would give Ron a pat on the back for going about this search in the right way. Talk to as many people as you can. Try to, you know, try to help yourself as much as possible. They've done that here. Now, ultimately, whoever gets the job, certainly A, will want the autonomy, and B, what will they do at the quarterback position? Will they ask Ron, hey, can we go get, I I think we need to go get Derek Carr. I don't like this about your young quarterback. Or, Yes, I can take your young quarterback and do this with him. 
And, you know, it, it's it's one of those situations where if you can come to a common ground, because Ron right now, because he's had him for a year, Ron has a perception of what Sam Howell is. The ultimate question is, is does enemy look at him and any of these other coordinators that have discussed the job and have watched the game film of the Dallas game, look at him and go, well, you know what? If I were the coordinator and the stuff that I like to call philosophically, you know, I don't know if I'd be able to do that with this guy. And and that clearly it would appear as if Bienemy and Ron have a have some sort of common ground and agreement on that right now. Because I don't think you get to a second day and have this type of discussion if the two sides don't have an agreement on that already. I really do. I mean, I, there, there has to be there has to be common ground already reached in terms of that and in terms of personnel. Because as as some have speculated, certainly Eric Bieniemy could try to get another contract in Kansas City. Remember, his contract is up there. He is without contract right now. He would have to sign another contract with Kansas City. And he certainly went out of his way to praise Eric Bieniemy in the postgame pressers and has probably, you know, praised him to those that have called. And, and Ron clearly uh, would call a guy like Andy Reid, who he used to be on staff with, and, and say, you know, hey, what, what would I be getting if I hire this guy? What has he done in your room that has allowed you all to be successful? And those two are trusted confidants there, in terms of Andy and Ron. Ron, I'm sure Andy would be frank with Ron, would be forthright with him. And that's a trusted voice, you know, from Ron Rivera's past. And that's why in this situation you've got an opportunity to hire one of his people. And as I said, I went down the list of people. Kafka, you know, got, you know, Kafka was being talked about as potential head coaching candidate already this year after one year as the coordinator with the Giants after being the quarterback's coach and passing game coordinator in Kansas City up until this year. Matt Nagy left that tree, made the playoffs with the Bears. Doug Peterson won a Super Bowl in Philadelphia. So there is... There is precedent with those assistants. You would certainly like what's happened with those assistants more so than what's happened with Bill Belichick's assistants. And no coach has been more successful than Bill Belichick in NFL football in terms of winning Super Bowls. So you would think, i got to get guys from that staff, just like all these people now that go to Nick Saban's staff and try to hire. Well, guess what? Kirby Smart, national championship. Mike Loxley here at Maryland. Back-to-back bowl seasons, back-to-back bowl wins. That 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 program going in the right direction. So you go where, in my opinion, you go get people that are that are in a good culture, that have worked with, you know, good people in the front office. That's another thing. You know, be enemy. You know, could talk about that front office and how they work. You know, with Veach there in Kansas City, and, and maybe talk about some things scouting wise with the staff here in Washington that they can 
you know, potentially uh, look at doing in the future that helps you in that situation. There's so much about the Kansas City culture from a football perspective and why they've been consistently good. Now, granted, this past year their division was horse manure. Certainly the Chargers continued to stay afloat. Raiders and Broncos took steps backwards. So you had that a little bit of an advantage working for you. There really wasn't any pressure from the division that you're playing in. This one here, right now, much better. NFC East, much better division. So it's going to be a little bit tougher competition from that regard, certainly within your own division. But that is a culture that has won a lot of football games there in Kansas City here of late. Eric bieniemy has been part of it. He knows the inner workings of why it's been successful. Perhaps he brings that to you, some of those ideas here, and it helps Ron, Martin Mayhew, Marty Herney, scouting department here in the front office, you know, here with Washington. So many ways that bringing people from a positive culture can help you, but it's not a guarantee. Two examples we cited, New England's guys failing after leaving the fold, Kansas City's guys fairly successful after leaving the fold. Final hour of the big program is coming up next. Giant win for Maryland last night and a big comeback by the Wizards. We'll talk about that coming up as well. 301-230-0980. It's Russell and Medhurst. One final hour this week on the Team 980, streaming live for free on the Odyssey app.